People move to Denmark for all sorts of reasons, often for work. Sometimes it's because you love someone that moves here for work. Today, we're talking about that second group. I'm Annie. I'm Derek, and you're listening to What Are You Doing in Denmark, the podcast that helps you make Denmark make sense. Annie and I are both members of that second category. We're known as trailing spouses. It's a term used to describe the partner who follows their significant other to a new location due to the other person's job. Whether you've been a trailing spouse, taken a new job that moves your family abroad, or just know someone who has, this episode is going to give you insights, tools, and tips on navigating the process from two people who have been through it. That's right. And I moved to Denmark in 2017 because my partner Mike was moving for work. So I came from Philadelphia, and he worked at the headquarters of his company there. They made an acquisition of a company in Denmark and quickly realized they needed some help from the, the headquarters to move over, and Mike Mike got that call. It was an opportunity we didn't really plan for or expect, yeah. and it, it happened really suddenly. Yeah. But yeah. we're really happy we did it. However, yeah. <laughs> did were, it take some like time to feel like for the shock of that to wear off? Oh, yeah. I didn't even realize that I was shocked, you know. <laughs> so my story is a bit similar. So um, my husband and I and our four kids, or actually, no, I only had three at the time. We moved here in, it was 2019, the end of May. We had three months notice for our move. We owned a house, like all of that stuff. We had just bought a car. Uh, that one still kind of hurts. But yeah, the company that he was working for at the time opened an office here. They got Ikea as a client. He does digital product design. Um, no offense, but nobody wanted to live in Malmo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so they opened the office here in Copenhagen, and we were so glad for that because um, my husband visited here when he was 19 years old. He went to Copenhagen. He went to Born Home. He fell in love with it. That was sort of like a core part of his personality. So when he called me up, even though I'd never left the United States before, and he said, hey, what do you think about moving to Denmark? I was like, let's go. Yeah. And here we are. Yeah. So. It was similar for us. We really, it was very sudden. Yeah. We had four months yeah. from the ask till yeah. me moving here. Yeah. And most of that time, most of that four months was with Mike already being in Denmark. So oh. I had basically four months to shut our life down completely. Yeah, on your we own. had just bought a house. It was definitely not in our our plan. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. It's interesting we both had some kind of sudden yeah and that can feel so exciting and romantic but yeah. then like the behind the scenes logistics is so messy oh it's yeah. not fun yeah and for both parties yeah 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 exactly we got here and like landed here and it felt like vacation mode for a while what, yeah. what time of year did you move here i moved in march okay so lovely i got the end of winter thinking okay this isn't so bad i can yeah i yeah, can handle yeah. this yeah <laughs> so yeah i moved at like perfect summer i was like is this even real and then winter started coming and i was like <laughs> okay this is really happening okay yeah so, it yep. all sets in so a lot of challenges and we'll talk about all of them but i thought we could maybe start with a little game so obviously we moved to denmark from abroad other people have done it like lily collins yes. you know lily honestly anytime you want to come on we'd love to have you lily collins come on the podcast, come on this podcast. we need you yes okay. we need emily and paris to talk about Moving to Copenhagen because right, she she's been through it in Netflix, in yep. real life, yep. and we really need to hear from what her. What a perspective. Yeah. Gosh. We're going to talk about some other people who have made that move to Denmark, or have they? So oh. I'll, I'll ask you some well-known figures, okay. and you can let us know if you think they spent time living in Denmark. Like fully living. Not. Like fully living okay. in Denmark. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So how about Pedro Pascal? I wish, but that doesn't feel like a thing for me. I think what where is he from originally? So he is originally from Chile. 
Okay, cute. But he did live in Denmark. No. Yeah. So when? When he was very young. So he came to Denmark as a refugee, actually. No. Yeah. What? So during the Pinochet regime yeah, yeah, yeah. In, uh, in Chile, his family had to, to flee. Yeah, I knew that he yeah. was like a... Um, asylum. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Yes. So his family was granted asylum first in Denmark, and then oh they gosh. were given a visa to relocate to the U.S. That's yeah. so cool. So, Has he come back and visited? I don't know. He should come back. I'm Pedro Pascal, come on the podcast. Yeah, come on the podcast, Pedro Pascal. <laughs> How about uh, Dua Lipa? Dua Lipa. I always want to call her Dua Peep. Dua Peep because of Wendy Williams? Yes. I love that. But Dua Lipa, I, again, I don't think so, but I did see her recent visit. And I don't know about you, but I always find it really fun, like, when a celebrity or somebody that you admire, like, comes and visits where you live. So I was excited to see her and, like, see her, like, wardrobe and how she, like, faced the elements here and everything. It was the same for Kate Middleton when she visited. I was like, so now I can see what Kate Middleton wears to, like, a forest kindergarten, and I can dress that way, you know. (laughs) Anyway, so I don't think Dua... Dula Peep. I don't think Dua Lipa, but I could be wrong. She didn't. No. Okay. Yeah, You're yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. How about next one? How about Prince Philip? I hope not. Rest, in, rest in peace. Oh, Phil. Okay. Oh, I thought it was his son. Oh, no. no the cre- no. Uh, Prince Andrew. Oh, no. Not allowed. <laughs> Stay away. Stay away. <laughs> don't come on the podcast. Don't go to Forest Kindergarten. Prince Philip, may he rest. Um, lived here? I don't know. There's that connection, right? Mm. Like the cousin, Queen Margaret, something yeah. like that. Yeah. This is, is right? like the one I was trying. Yeah. Mm. Well, what do you think? Okay, so I would think he would, but now you're giving me this look yeah, that he I, didn't actually. Yeah, okay, yeah, so he, he didn't. didn't. He didn't. No. Oh, okay. No, so but it is true because his title before he was married yeah, yeah. to Queen Elizabeth oh. was um, Prince Philip of Denmark and Greece. Oh. So I'm not like a royal historian, yeah, but yeah. His, his father, I believe, was somehow related to yeah. the Danish monarchy. And isn't Queen or wasn't Queen Elizabeth somehow loosely related to Queen Margaret? It, I think they're all... It's messy. They're all, like, great-grandchildren of Queen yeah. Victoria or is something. Is there, like, some sort of... Is that okay? It, <laughs> Genetically? I, yeah. Should we have a little more... A, a little bit People of a like, deeper gene pool? Like, yeah. yeah. Slightly deeper would be good, but... Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so he, he was... Oh, because I think when, when Greece was given a monarchy... Okay. They were given a Danish prince oh they like have this one yeah we don't something need like that yeah okay yeah. cute so that's why yeah so prince philip was a descendant of wow danish royalty but he also yeah i like, had no idea yeah the greek like king was deposed and then they moved to france yeah so never Whoa. back to denmark but, okay yeah Jeez, so complicated. Wow, drama with the British crown. Okay, I'm always like, what do royals do for work? And apparently they just like sort out their personal lives that are so messy and entangled. But that's a full-time job right there. That's a lot, yeah. (laughs) How about Jeremy Strong? He was Kendall in... Uh, Yes. Weirdly, I have like a celeb crush on him. So I was following closely. He lives here. He's got that Danish wife. I even know... Jeremy Strong come on the podcast. Yes. I even know where his barber shop is for some wow. reason. I don't know how I figured that out. Maybe that's something my husband told me. But my husband and his colleagues have like seen them around. Uh, how about Rick Astley? I've, I'm just like going intuitively off of this and I feel like he has. I don't know mm. why. He's got that uh, never going to give you up. Exactly. Danish. Yeah. <laughs> what? It I seems don't know. Danish. You know, it's very like yeah. Yeah, direct. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and <yeah>. and, <laughs> and stubborn. Never going to give you up. Never yeah. going to give you up. Yeah. No, actually, his daughter lives here, though. No way. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. What's her name? Oh, oh, I'll have to look that up. Astley but almost sounds like Danish. It does, that, right? You know? Yeah. As- yeah. Astle, Astley. Is but I think, mm-hmm. I want to say they're British. And mm-hmm. yeah, but she, I want to say, I think she's like a landscape. 
architect Cute. or something. So, oh, that's yeah. my husband's dream job yeah, right there. Right? That's How cool. cool. Okay, well, that was a challenge. <laughs> yeah. And as trailing spouses, we've had enough of those. So let's go ahead and discuss some of them. So it can be definitely tough as a, a trailing spouse. You have to, you know, adjust to a new environment, new culture, new way of life. And, you know, all while managing the things that you still had to manage at, at home, your family, your relationship with your partner. But doing that in a, a new culture without sort of that, that network that mm. you have around you. And, you know, it kind of the term trailing spouse reflects that. So yeah. it's it's your you're not having the people you had around you, but your partner mm-hmm. is getting a great opportunity. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you feel like that? Like I, yeah. I was so excited for, for Mike. It's been such a wonderful opportunity for him. Yeah. But uh, you know, I had to leave yeah, my so career. Weird. I had oh, to leave yeah. the things that I was doing. Yeah. And that was, you just feel like an accessory to this person yeah. and you don't realize how like degrading it is and first world problems, right? right? Like it's such a wonderful opportunity, but like it also is so valid how um just how much erasure you feel of your life and i remember hearing before i moved here that like danes weren't friendly which i found to be not true um but i just fully had the intention and expectation that i just like wouldn't really have a life outside of my family anymore i just felt like you know i just felt like that was going to be my full-time job and role i agree i know like in, in my case too i felt very i shouldn't I shouldn't be negative. Like, this is Mm. a great thing. You know, this is so good for him. I can't take that away. I can't have any difficulty because I'm getting to move to another country. I'm having the ability not to work for a little bit. You know, I couldn't work at first. I also think that was tough for me because I think uh, American culture is very, your identity is based around what you do, Mm, um, especially mm -hmm. outside of the home. And it's almost Mm. a weird way of judging your inputs yeah 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 <laughs> rather than your outputs meaning like yeah it's a weird flex to be like oh i worked 60 hours this week yeah yeah People you know we, we like, judge I'm our concerned. inputs so yeah. then suddenly not having mm. those i felt very inadequate yeah i felt very like mike is now taking this this promotion he's working more he's working yeah. harder i'm just this like i'm here like, i'm literally just uh you know even on my residence card once i got it had his name because no. i would because my visa was attached to his i was here oh for family gosh. reunification in every essence of my life just i like was mike's character <laughs> just constantly reminded yeah. yes like, wow exactly. okay yeah that's so yeah that's so difficult and you don't even you can't really prepare yourself for what sort of like just the identity crisis that you yeah. have after that yeah. my background was slightly different i my identity was strongly tied to being a stay-at-home mom i was like very into that like homesteader vibe i was gonna homeschool my kids I was going to like have this big garden, you know, I bought a house that had like a half an acre or maybe it was, mm. maybe it was a quarter acre or something, but enough to like have like a guard, you know, all yeah. of this stuff. And I had my homeschool group all ready to go. And then uh, we moved here and I was, I was really glad for that. But um, just being a stay at home mom is not a thing here. I was like, well, I have to find something completely different to do with my life. Yeah. And uh, that took, you know, two, three years, you know? Yeah. Did you feel that pressure? Like, I I've talked to some other friends mm. who felt like they shouldn't put their kids in mm. daycare, or take advantage of the child oh, care yeah. services that 100%. are here in oh, Denmark. I because still... again, we, we have this tendency of judging ourselves by these inputs, and our identity is wrapped around what we're doing yeah. for the family. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. I still feel like I 
still notice myself, you know, rushing to pick up my kids from school, from daycare, everything like that, because I'm like, if I don't spend every possible second with them, like uh, I'm failing as a mom somehow. But I don't think that about anybody else. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really weird. And um, that was really difficult for me. Um, I kept my youngest son home with me for a long time so that I feel like that added to the struggle and the ability to acclimate because mm. I'm also managing and trying to parent this like insane toddler <laughs> <laughs> amidst all of this craziness. So I remember some of those early days having friends come to visit, for example, mm. and even some family members asking, you know, we would never give an intimate picture of our finances to mm. <laughs> to our family. Yeah. But people asking like, well, what are you what are you doing yeah. for income? Yeah. And of course, we privately did the math. We figured out we always lived mm. within our means. We always set ourselves up so that we could live a budget on just one of our incomes. Yeah. However, that was nobody's business. Right. <laughs> and people right. would often inject themselves almost in like, well, Derek, what what are you going to do for work? What, yeah. what are you going to do for income? Why don't you consider a job mm. like this? Why don't you consider a job like that? 100%. You know? One, and, and then, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, then there's also little added comments like, you know, it is like one of the most expensive cities yes. and most people can only survive on two incomes here. And you're like, what, what am I supposed to say about that? Yeah. 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 I, that, part of this was completely out of my hands, you know? Yeah. So I'm just here. And if I can get a job, fabulous. But um, if not, that that's not the reason I came here, actually. Yeah. But I'm glad that I found work. I'm glad that you found work. Sure. You know, it's worked out quite well, and I'm really grateful for it. But anyway. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's just these interesting things that you kind of do. You, you almost have to start over. But in a yeah. way, you have the opportunity to... Yeah. go in a million directions yeah, and, yeah. and chart your your yeah. own course and i think sometimes that can be that can take some time to to realize and it can take adjust. some time to realize it can take um sometimes a toll on your relationship as well but um mm. i think that when you are a trailing spouse also there's so much expectation on you to be getting everything done behind yes. the scenes yes. and I already have like anxiety issues already just in the US for me to pick up a phone and like make a dentist appointment was like that was like all of my energy for the day and then having to manage that and like something that people said to me a lot is like oh well it's going to be so easy to move there because everybody speaks English and it's it's just not the case A and B I never understood the challenge of trying to communicate with somebody in English where English isn't their native language. Right. So that was such a privilege that I had for my entire life before and then trying to like sort of meet in the middle. And then also, yeah, like navigating all of that with my anxiety over the phone, trying to get all the logistics set up. I often had to depend on my husband to like, can you please make this appointment? Can you yeah. get the kids signed up for school? Because I feel like I'm going to have a nervous breakdown if I, you know, like, <laughs> sure. you know I just want to like hang up the phone and be like, I can't do this anymore, you know? Oh, yeah. You know, I, I think in that those first few months, I was already feeling a bit inadequate, a mm, bit mm. fish out of water. I was feeling like I wasn't contributing enough. And then to have to go and inconvenience somebody to speak English when they yes. answer the phone in Danish and I'm just trying to make a dentist appointment or something. 100%. You know, I felt like I already was low and that just wouldn't make me yeah. feel, even though, even though I know now... It's, it's not, not a, pro a problem. Exactly. But I know it's such a humiliating experience. Yeah. It's such an, for me, it really, 
elicited a lot of anxiety. And I remember the first few months that I lived here, I would leave the house and I would try to just be as silent as possible because I was worried that if somebody heard that I was speaking English, that maybe I would get chastised or people would feel like they would have to accommodate to me. And I didn't want that. So and I, I still feel sometimes guilty leaving the house and speaking English, but uh, I remember going into stores mm. and just I think I want I needed to buy like a new pair of running shoes or something because mm-hmm. I was like at least I can go running I can yeah. do that in any language I don't I can do that on my can own you? Mm. You know? <laughs> I would be in like in the store uh, you know at Sportmaster mm. and I would be like uh, I know no Danish at this point but I've done Duolingo and I would just be like can do tele. English. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and they would just look at me yeah. like, first of all, what yeah. did you say? And yeah. then they'd be like, yeah, of course I do. Yeah. I'm, I'm 22 years old <laughs> exactly. and I live in Denmark. Exactly. Yeah, I speak English. <laughs> I also find that people would get confused if I was saying things like, yeah, I can eat a story dance. I almost started speaking Danish, but I'm saying it in Danish. So they're like, wait, so can the- you speak it or you can't? You know, like, <laughs> right. which one is Where it? Where do we go from here? Exactly. So they were like, yes, no, I, okay. But um, most of the time, you know, if I like make a call to a doctor's office now, which I do feel comfortable doing because I have found wonderful doctors, um, you know, I always start, you know, is it okay if we take this call in English? Right. And they're like, of course, you know, yeah. like. Yeah, yeah, the things that you've like figured out along the way, but gosh, yeah, in yeah. the beginning, uh, everything at once. And that just doesn't make it. <laughs> no, it <laughs> was not an it. easy time. There was it, just everything is yeah. existentially messed up. Yes, mm-hmm. all at once. <laughs> all at once, literally. Yes. I don't know if you found this too, but I, I sometimes feel like, um, and this kind of gets into the relationship aspect mm. where, you know, of course, both partners are involved in it. But I think the trailing spouse has some very unique mm hardships and one of them <laughs> that definitely also affected mike was i was by myself yeah. all day yeah. and you know danes of course are very friendly but those even sort of like those small polite conversations you have with a barista in mm. the u.s or things like that you know things aren't big on that right that no. it, it's looked at as small talk and that kind of thing but I missed even having that because I I literally had very little interaction with anyone all day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Mike would come home from work and I would be like, oh, my God, a human. Um, Let me tell you all of my thoughts on whatever subject or whatever I did that day. And he would be like, Derek, I just got home from work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I need to decompress. Yes, I need to decompress. Give me some time. And I like so that was very. I'm like, you're the only human I know in this country. Yeah, you know that was a uh, ours mostly was in the aspect of like I would need help with something, Mm. and obviously he'd be at work or taking you know, and I'd be like, I have nobody else to ask. Like if I need help with this certain thing, you're the person that I have to go to. Sorry, like. I don't know. I guess maybe we've considered hiring nannies, that sort of thing. But the frequency with which I need a nanny would be so little. It's so hard to like, you can't really keep somebody on staff like, hey, can I just call you when I need something? You know, so that hasn't been a thing. But um, I had, again, sort of the opposite um, where we moved from uh, Portland, Oregon, people were so friendly and kind of in your face. And I don't think it was fake in any way. A lot of people yeah. say that about Americans. Yeah. And it was nice sometimes, but a lot of times, you know, you'd get your coffee and they'd be like, you know, so what what kind of plans do you have for the rest of the day? Sure. And I'd be like, uh, put on this spot. I remember when I moved from New York to Portland, I was like, what do you want from me? <laughs> <laughs> but as a mom of four, I am uh, extremely overstimulated 
almost at all times. So I, I did find the sort of silence and the lack of interaction quite refreshing. Oh, sure. But then there are those times that, yeah, you need help. You need a... Um, just a friendly face yeah. and sometimes you would just meet a blank one instead yeah. and that is that is hard especially you know maybe you just have like a bad day all around and then you go and maybe somebody isn't the warmest to you and that can be just like your tipping point of right. going from having a bad day to having like a like a cry fest oh you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i would sometimes feel and you you mentioned you know of course with the the child care and the other things mm. did you sometimes feel pressure mm. to carry more of the load of things around the house. I know sometimes I would feel like, okay, Mike is working all day. Mm. Even though these were not our roles in mm. in Philadelphia before we moved here, I would feel like, okay, well, then I need to cook something for dinner. I need to, like, yeah. this place has to be clean. I have to get the laundry done. I have to do all oh these things. Gosh. It was not, yeah. you know, it was not something that, I, and eventually, you know, we would have conversations where he was like, you don't need to do this. Oh, that's like, good. Like, we... <laughs> yeah, we were, you're like suddenly we, a trad wife. Right, right. <laughs> it was very like, okay, this is not, he'd be like, no, like if you're navigating mm. life here, you're doing these things, you're applying for jobs, you're learning, yeah. <clears throat> you know, different skills. Like yeah. you you don't need to take on all of these other things right. just to prove or Aww. that you're, you know, you're contributing. Yeah. I'm so glad to so hear we that. had like, yeah, we had to have a lot of yeah. uh, those discussions. Like what is my purpose yeah. here i'm trying to think how it was for us because my husband's always been a very modern man and very involved in the domestic roles but if anything it was kind of good because before we lived in the u.s and we had this house like i said with this maybe quarter acre so my husband anytime he had a free moment maybe he was remodeling some part of the house or mm. taking care of the lawn or something so then i was like now i have you all the time yes. <laughs> you know like help oh, me with the right. kids you do the lawn you know like it he began to be able to be more helpful around the house and that was actually quite helpful in a lot of ways. So maybe I lost a lot of the network and support that I had, but I've sort of like gained that more um, hands-on character in the house, which was kind of sure. nice, which was kind of yeah. nice. Like back in the <laughs> at our house in Portland, the laundry was in the basement and the basement was so unsafe. I could like never take the kids down there. But now conveniently we have our laundry in the kitchen. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm like, it's yeah. a Danish apartment. So it's either in the kitchen or, or the, the bathroom. bathroom. Yes. Now I'm like, Oh, I really want an apartment with the laundry in the bathroom. That's, you know, you just take oh, off your clothes, throw that's them in the there. Dream. Yeah. Did you guys deal with any sort of like resentment of any kind? That's a good one. Cause yeah. that's, that's, that comes up a lot um, yeah. with, with people. And yeah, I think it is very, difficult not to look at things like mm. okay i gave up all mm. of this for yeah. your career i put myself on hold for your 100%. career things like that and, I, and I, you know talking with you know i think in both of our friend groups we have a lot of mm. people who have made this transition as a couple and one person had to do that yeah 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 um, for sure i think you really have to go into it eyes wide open that yeah your going to be somebody's going to be sacrificing yeah a bit. that's such valid advice yeah. and I, I guess I already felt like in some ways as a mom, my life was a sacrifice and I was glad mm. to do that. That was like a role that I was willing to take on, but I just didn't know how sacrificey that life could get. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. And so I was faced suddenly with a, a lot of um, resentful, resentful, is that a word? Feelings. Yeah. And um, that was kind of tricky, but then it kind of more so uh, 
turned into this experience where I was so convinced that uh, we could do a long distance marriage. I did mm. not want a divorce. I, <laughs> you know, I didn't want him out of our kids' lives, but I was like, this isn't working. I don't have any of my tools here. I don't have any of my network. Yeah. You, you do have your tools. You do have your network. You stay here. Me and the kids will go back and we can just, you know, see each other maybe once a month. Wow. That'll work, right? So you, you actually <laughs> did think about going back at one um, point? In a sort of diluted it, way, sure. in like a you know at the end of a long day after maybe yeah. like Brigitte had like told me off one too many times, I right. was like, "This is not my vibe." I you did something on the bus that exactly. was wrong, but you didn't know what exactly. <laughs> I got cro- I crossed somebody and yeah. I got yelled at, and I was so sorry. I actually had like I had an experience yesterday um, that I was thinking that if this was my you know first year here, I probably would have like mm. sent like packed it up Mm. gone right back home and i just wonder how many people deal with those kind of experiences and then do that you know what i'm saying and that's so valid i hear from a lot of people that say you know i was here for a year and it just didn't work for me i had to go back and i totally understand that but i do hope that people give it an opportunity because after two three years i'm like oh my gosh i'm so glad and i was even glad at the time you know it's just so complex right like it's so volatile in mm. that first 12 months, yeah. you know, and the highs are higher, the lows are lower. Mm. And my God, when it's bad, it can yeah. really be. And you never know that one thing that will trigger you. Oh, 100%. I, I remember mm. the first. So I, I moved in March. This was over the summer. Okay. And I wasn't getting a lot of sleep. I struggle with sleep more in the summer when yeah. the sun is up longer. Crazy. We had a lot of friends coming to visit because initially mm-hmm. we thought we may only be here for nine months. So we had oh. a lot of friends come over. Yeah. We were entertaining or traveling pretty much every weekend. Yeah. And like a shell on of top yourself. Of, yeah, yeah. Like so nothing was consistent. I was really I was struggling in a way that I wasn't even aware of. Yeah. And there was a, a day where I finally got my CPR number. I thought I yeah. could go and open a bank account because they kept saying you need a CPR. <laughs> so I go to uh, a bank in yeah. Denmark and that most foreigners go to yeah. and mm-hmm. went to open a bank. And they said, well, you need a job contract. And I was like, I don't have a job contract, but I have money. And they were like, doesn't work that way. You need the job contract. And I was just like... <laughs> Like, I thought that was the one thing I was waiting on. Oh, and then that's I, so, so crushing. Yeah. And it was just like nothing is working. Yeah. And then and that was it. later that evening, yeah. you know, we we had some drinks. There was alcohol involved. Yeah. I was very yeah. stressed, more so than I was really admitting. And yeah, I, yeah. I basically like broke down yeah. and I was like, I can't do it. Like, yeah. I, I can't do this yeah. anymore. It's too frustrating. Nothing is working. No. And Mike was like, okay, I'll tell them on Monday. Oh, oh. And like this is it. We're he done. was like, "That's fine." Yeah, and I over. mean, like, how did it, you feel? Were it, you like relieved or like, "Oh wait, hang on"? Uh. <laughs> I mean, I think at the time I was like, "That's fine." Yeah, and um, I mean, it, like, it almost makes me emotional now thinking yeah. back. Like, yeah. I I didn't you need to hug go that back. Person. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think it's like at the time I didn't need. <laughs> like obviously, clear minds prevailed, and yes, of you course. know, the next day sleeping on it was like, no. Things yeah. are fine. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But just that validation of knowing that, like, we are in this together yeah, was yeah. so powerful Aww. at that moment. Yeah. And that's maybe not the right way to communicate, but that communication is so no, important. Yeah, that to, is. To just know that yeah. if it was too much, we would have yeah. figured it out. We would have done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's so interesting. That's so sweet. And I love to hear that. 
And it's just so interesting how your spouse or partner can know you and know the right way to respond. And sort of my husband's response was more so like, no, <laughs> we're not going to do that. We're going to, but we are going to get it figured out. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. And I, I, I am glad for that. And, but what I was going to say is that we could probably have a whole other episode on what it takes to get things done in Denmark during the summer, because oh. what a time, you know, <laughs> people, you know, everyone's on failure and yeah. everything's closed and to get anything accomplished is such a nightmare. Right. And that was another thing that we were like, is this life now? Is this what it's going to take to get anything done around here? Oh, sure. But, you know, everybody comes back from where, where do people go? What? Bornholm. Bornholm. There's some some of who's Canalia. Yeah. Eastlands. I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> where is everybody? Yeah, where is, if, if I don't you know. You can please just <laughs> DM us at Waited yeah. Pod. Let us know where everybody where is all summer. But I also like it. Anyway, but everyone comes back. Life resumes as yeah. normal. Things are mostly efficient. The calling hours are a little... Oh, sure. That's still something that I'm like, oh, I miss the phone hours. <laughs> that's something. Did you ever deal with that in the U.S.? Like, mm, you yeah, can only my... call this office on Wednesday between like 9 and 11 to get mm. anything done. No, that's a That's, that's a, a Danish thing, that's right? A, that's, that's definitely new, new mm-hmm. yeah. And I, I think even those things of realizing like, okay, there's not a 24-hour Walmart. You're not going to have Amazon Prime. Oh, I ran out of batteries. Oh, I'll just like order them on my phone. They'll be here tomorrow. Or in an hour. In an hour sometimes. I had like hour delivery at times. (laughs) Wow. And I see us kind of getting more of that with like Walt and stuff. Walt does like grocery delivery and I'm kind of like, no, don't. Don't yeah. do it. Like, don't fall into the consumerist trap yeah. of America. But then at the same time, like, when my husband goes out of town traveling and I need, yeah, batteries you're or whatever it milk is. And you're like, exactly. Just get me some milk. Exactly. <laughs> like, thank, thank God for that. So it, it's interesting. And yeah. I, I hope and I have faith that Denmark is going to sort of like balance these conveniences so. quite but, well. But still, and also still keep things normal for workers. And yeah, not have yeah, them yeah, yeah. Doing the, yeah, I think the, Amazonification of yeah <laughs> of shopping isn't that. a positive thing in general. Totally, but it took a little like mm. reverse engineering to adapt to that. Yeah, 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 one hundred percent. All yeah. while also going through all the emotions of the yeah. early days. One hundred percent was a bit was a bit tough, but that was so tough. I I just remember like like I said, I had never left the U.S. before and going to the pharmacy and thinking like. Oh, yeah, I of course I can't get like Tylenol brand Tylenol or like, you know, Advil brand. That was something that didn't even occur to me. So even still to this day, when I see like Colgate, I'm like, oh, how exciting. (laughs) You know, like, (laughs) I remember the earliest going to the apothecare and looking for Tylenol and then. And trying it to find it on the months. shelf. Yeah, it took me a few months for somebody to be like, it's called paracetamol. Yeah, or, yeah. Or Panadil. Yeah, yeah. Panadil. Yeah, I'm going like, to the pharmacy uh, like, can I get some Panadil? And they're like, well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I'll never. Oh, gosh. Just, yeah, all the mishaps. Not knowing that you need to, like, take a number at the pharmacy. Taking a number, that's a whole new thing. And then you go on and appreciate. Like, even, like, the phone hours, I'm like, good for them. You right. know? Right. You set those boundaries. You know. You have enough to do. And exactly. It's not. There's only so many people in this country. You got to make it things. Can wait. Yeah, exactly. One hundred percent. So I appreciate yeah. it all. But at the time, that was so discombobulating. Do you feel that it's made you more like introspective going through these things and oh yeah and learning right yeah yeah. learned so much about yourself yeah and humbling in ways that I find really valuable I just remember moving here and 
I didn't think this personally, but I remember people being like, oh, yeah, Danes love Americans. They're going to think you're so cool. And I was like, I don't know about that. But then even still, when I was met with the like, you know, you're in Denmark, speak Danish or like, sure. you know, you're from America. I'm sorry. You know, I was right. like, oh, I'm like, oh, OK, not all the time. <laughs> yeah, Maybe I can just like keep that on the low. And that's yeah. so fine. But um, yeah, being humbled in so many ways, um, you also sort of like realize what you're capable of what strengths you have. Um, you just learn to appreciate others when you do get those kindnesses and things, you're just so grateful oh, yeah. for them and you see just the goodness in the world. So it's, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I'm so value. I'm so grateful for the experience. It's been so valuable. And, um, at the same time, I see what a privilege it is and how cush it's been compared to what many people's expat and immigration experiences could be. Like, hello, Pedro Pascal. Right. You know? Yeah, he didn't come to Denmark with... Uh, no, he didn't have a relocation with, service. Yeah, he didn't have a relocation uh -uh. service. He didn't have the luxuries that... No. That, that, that we had, yeah. And this seems like an excellent place to take a pause in the conversation. We will be back in your feed next week. Annie and I talking more about life as a trailing spouse here in Denmark. And you can find us in the meantime on social media. We'll have links to our social media in the description and show notes. Thank you, Annie. Yeah, thanks so much. And thanks everybody for listening today. Yeah. Hi, hi.